You're listening to the Rob Review Podcast. Evan Rob and Laura Rob share their thoughts and opinions on teaching, learning, and leadership. And now, the Rob Review Podcast with Evan and Laura. This is Evan Rob, and I am joined today with Laura Rob. This is the Rob Review Podcast. Today, we are talking about volume and diversity of reading. And you know, Evan, I can really say honestly, this is a topic I'm very passionate about. You know, I never heard that said before. That's I, interesting. I usually say my favorite topic, That's true. but I am passionate so this about is, this. Passion is a whole new element that you're bringing into this. So um, that's exciting. So, you know, when I think about, I'm, I'm, I talk a lot about my experiences sometimes with reading, but I can talk about some experiences that I observed when I was a principal year, years ago with some staff who have long since retired, but seeing a lot of people, English teachers in buildings, who would be particularly fond of a certain book or particularly rigid about a certain set of books that all kids needed to read. I mean, I'll give you an example, like a, a teacher who really loves Cynthia Void, and I have nothing against Cynthia Void at all, uh, but it doesn't. the books don't necessarily appeal to a super wide range of kids, but yet if you had that particular teacher, you know, by golly, you're reading Cynthia Void all year long. Other, you know, other teachers, you know, with in sixth grade where every child had to read Tuck Everlasting, every child had to read Old Yeller, um, and those were just the set books for sixth grade. They, a fairly homogenized reading experience for kids, but that's that's the way that it was. Right, and there were also um, states that had, <clears throat> you know, state departments of education that told school districts that they had to create a list of required books. So a list that was created in 1980 to 85, I go into a school now in 2019, and those are the books that are being uh, forced upon children. They're not relevant uh, to their lives. Uh, and um, the nature of class classes are so diverse that the kids aren't seeing themselves. Well, you know, that, and that's really interesting because sometimes, you know, the counter argument to that is, well, you know, we initiated in 1985, but but the book's a classic. The book's been around since the you know, late 1800s, and so it's a book that all kids need to be exposed to, and we see that a lot happening Absolutely. in high schools. Imagine if I said that you had to read Tom Sawyer and do a study of it. Now, if you're studying Mark, Mark Twain and American literature, that's one thing, but I would never give a sixth grader Tom Sawyer, but I would do something else, Evan. I might give them Tom Sawyer and then do a search, uh, a Google search or a search in any search engine of pairing contemporary literature for young adults with Mark Twain. And you will get, uh, with Mark Twain's Tom Sawyer, you will get a whole list of books that you can use on a wide range of reading levels. So if the class has to read that one book, in addition to that one book, they're reading two to four other books. Because as the title of this podcast says that it's important to have volume and diversity. I don't care if you're in Fargo, North Dakota, and your classes are all white. Those children need to see themselves in books, but they also need to see 
other cultures because the world is getting smaller and smaller every year and we live in a global society, those children will be totally unprepared to work with diverse cultures and diverse lifestyles if they know nothing about it. Well, and reading is certainly an avenue for kids to be able to to be able to experience that. You know, one of the other things that you talk to me a lot about, we talk about a lot um, when I'm in my car driving to work and we have our morning phone conversations, is the importance for kids to read. It's a very, a very simple kind of concept, which is that the more kids read, the better they're going to get. You know, NCT recently came out with a new position statement on, on independent reading. They make a very strong statement that, which is not really that complicated, which is the more the kids read, not only do they become better readers, but their comprehension skills increase also. But what I would guess is the likelihood of kids reading more is very much related to them reading book selections that they can relate to. That they can relate to, that they can read, uh, and that they have choice. So we want to take a really hard look at class libraries, and I think that that is the principal's job, as well as if you have a literacy coach or a reading resource person, um, and the librarian, that they look at the collection to make sure there is enough diversity so that we're really educating children and to live in a world that is going to be very different. Yeah, and I think it's important also to look at that same level of diversity in a, in a school library, if your school is fortunate enough to have that. Um, money needs to be put into a library, and, and books need to be current and uh, uh, appropriate for kids w within a school. And that requires money, but it also requires an eye on the part of the librarian to make sure that uh, bringing in a diverse selection of books for kids to be able to read when they're in school that they check out through their school library also. Absolutely. And, you know, we have this notion that, uh, that you know, oh, it's not that important. Well, it is important. It's important for the uh, Hispanic American, Asian American, African American, Mexican American child sitting in a class to have books available where they see themselves. But it's also important for the Caucasian child to read uh, books not only about their culture, but they all both groups need to learn about each other because the future of the world is in teamwork, as we say in Team Makers, collaboration, um, and listening to multiple voices in order to innovate and solve problems. Yeah, and I think, you know, and again, we're somewhat limited within our podcast, but you are not saying that that level of uh, diversity and exposure to text should exist as a counter to the very, very traditional one one novel for the classroom that's been around for 20 years. What I'm hearing you saying is that not only do the class libraries, the school library need to be evaluated and um, at times more money needs to be put into them for, for books, but also the teacher, uh, it's incumbent upon the teacher to look at their units of study and make sure that they are also within their units exposing kids to books that raise their cultural awareness and are um, maybe breaking free from some of the very traditional books that had been in place for a long time. Absolutely. I'm, you know, in high school, I, I, I you know, our, your nephew and my grandson, I mean, he's read The Scarlet Letter. Last year they read Romeo and Juliet. And, you know, they do that one text uh, for several weeks, sometimes for almost a whole semester. 
But if you look up Romeo and Juliet and you look at the themes of young love, first love, um, gangs, uh, families warring with each other or arguing with each other, there are lots of books that are contemporary on those themes. In fact, there's an African-American Romeo and Juliet. There's a Hispanic Romeo and Juliet novel. I think students need to be exposed to that to really get the sense that maybe Shakespeare is worth thinking about, and he had a great influence on a lot of the writing that we see today. But they never get to make those connections unless they're encouraged to read a large amount of diverse books. Yeah, you know, and I, I can actually know when I was in high school, it was very hard for me to read Shakespeare. And then, you know, you start realizing as you get older that, that Shakespeare is meant to be seen. You know, it's, it was written to be performed. And if you see it, if you experience it in that way, it can mean a lot different to you. You can make a very different connection. Uh, but just simply, you know, picking out a part and saying, hey, I'm going to be Horatio, and I'm going to read this part out loud as we go around the classroom. I'm trying to struggle through uh, language and, and phraseology that was very foreign to me at that time. Uh, does not improve my reading nor my analytical reading. Absolutely. I think any play should be seen. And then if you want to go back and read certain parts once you have seen it. It was written as a performance piece, and yet we make it like a novel. Yeah, and you know, and so sometimes, and again, this goes back to a theme that we talk about a lot within our book, Team Makers, which is everything that we do is designed to give us exactly what we get. And so perpetuating some of these uh, book selections that have existed in middle schools and high schools for many, many years will simply produce the same type of reader that we've always been producing. And a little bit outside of our podcast, but you you always inform me that American performance on the nape and things like that has been relatively flat, um, and partially um, it can have to do with the uh, the lack of change um, in terms of reading instruction in American schools. I can tell you what it has to do with the lack of volume. For the last ten years, fourth and eighth grade scores have been flat, no progress. Not much before that either. Students are not reading enough. And if we want them to become readers at home, we have to reserve time for independent reading and choice at school so that they develop the habit they, they, they can share and talk because reading is social to classmates. Uh, but we don't give them that time. We think it's a waste of time that, it's, that, that teachers aren't actively teaching. They are. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I think it is very important from an administrator standpoint uh, that administrators make make it very clear to teachers that it is perfectly fine for students to be independent reading within a classroom and that if an administrator walks by the classroom and sees kids reading, that is not wasted time. And in some places, unfortunately, it is seen that way. Well, the best uh, metaphor is sports. You wouldn't put your football team, your soccer team, your volleyball team out there to compete with other schools if they didn't practice. And it's the same thing with reading. You're not going to get results unless students practice. And that's what self-selected independent reading is all about. Well, that was really well said. And so I understand that this is definitely a passionate topic for you. And that came out today in our podcast. So I appreciate you sharing all of those ideas. You know, we delve into this a little bit more in our book, Team Makers, but we also when we can announce this on our podcast now, we're going to delve into this a lot more in a new book that will be coming out through Benchmark Publishing that you and I wrote together called A School Full of Readers. Yes, and 
I am very proud of that book and proud that we did it together. Yeah, it's fabulous writing books with you. So we're going to do, we'll definitely share some more information about that book uh, as it gets a little closer to coming out. So this is Evan Robb, and I'm wrapping up the Rob Review podcast. Laura, thanks for spending some time with me. A pleasure always. Stay tuned for more episodes shortly for the Rob Review podcast. We hope you enjoyed the Rob Review podcast. Check out our blogs at therobreviewblog.com and tell a friend. Thanks again and see you next time.